You're listening to the Podcast Detroit Network. Visit www.podcastdetroit.com for more information. There's no reason to become alarmed, and we hope you enjoy the rest of your flight. By the way, is there anyone on board who knows how to fly a plane? Hey, everybody. Welcome to Avoiding Real Estate Turbulence Podcast. This is your pilot, John Lafferty, with Century 21 Town & Country. And co-pilot, Tony Abate, with Ross Mortgage. And we are your real estate pilots. Our job is to be your real estate advocate and also to make sure you're educated about the buying and selling process. We'll keep you informed throughout until we get you safely closed. Today, we're going to talk about one of those things in real estate that are really important but tend to get overlooked by people in the industry realtors in particular. We're going to talk to Mark Hicks of Mark Hicks Photography. Welcome, Mark. Hey, John. Hey, Tony. Thanks for having me on. Appreciate it. Absolutely. Glad to have you here. So let's talk about real estate photography and the importance of it and um, some of the things that, that you see when you're taking pictures and you're inside somebody's house, around the exterior, maybe um, – from your standpoint, the importance of the photo? Well, let's just start right off the basics of there's no one's going to buy a house that hasn't had a photo taken, right? It's got to go on the MLS mm -hmm. list. It's going to have a picture of it. Uh, you hope that it's not a horrible picture because that's the first impression that a buyer, a potential buyer is going to have of the house. If you are looking at seller's listings and the the house pictures are garbage, you're less likely to take a client to that house. You're definitely not going to afford that unless it really meets their criteria everywhere mm -hmm. else and you're hoping they can go with their shutters on and then the house actually looks better than the photos. But it's your primary tool to sell that house. It's the first impression so many people get. Why would you not spend a little bit of extra money and ensure that that first impression is as good as it can possibly be. Yet daily, I see pictures on websites, the MLS, on Zillow, on these different places that are subpar. They're absolutely bad lighting. The, the color tones are off. The angles are horrible. You can't tell out the floor plan. Mm -hmm. I, I don't understand it because... If you have better pictures, you get better buyers, you get more offers, potentially sell for more, makes your clients happy. They refer you. You get more clients, wash, repeat, and I stay busy, you stay busy, but they don't do it. Why don't they do it, John? <laughs> well, I do it. You do yeah. it. I know you do it, but mm. – uh, I, I, You know what I think? I think part of it is the mentality of I've got this – 12 megapixel phone. What do I need a photographer for? My phone takes great pictures. Um, or um, I consider myself a bit of an amateur photographer myself. <laughs> yes, I can take these pictures on yeah. my own. I don't, what do I need a photographer for? Pay him $200, $300 to do this. And, uh, and you know, there's some property out there that should have drone shots of the property sure. itself because it's it's acreage um, or the way it sits on a property looks really, really nice. So um, – And drones take it to the next level, yeah. right? I don't expect every home to need drones and 3D walkthroughs and high-end videos. There's there's a market of 100000 to $200,000 homes in suburbia where there's power lines and trees and things. 
that a, a aerial shot's not going to make or break the sale of that house. Right. But just in the basic, most basic level, you know, I hear realtors complain, oh, I wish I could get up to that next price point level. I wish I could get some of those higher-end clients. Well, yeah, but if all your samples of what you're showing them of past jobs are your crappy iPad photos that yeah. you took, but they were good enough to sell the house. My $100,000 house sold. Yeah, it sold because it's a $100,000 house, and there's always going to be people at that price point. There's so many different factors. Yeah. Uh, photos will always make things look better. They really start to kick in and make a impact at around the $200,000 price point and above. Uh, when you get into the million-dollar price points and if you're still taking them with your cell phone, shame on you and shame on any of your clients for even hiring you because that's also a selling point. When you can sit down with the the, the homeowner and say, here's what I'm going to do for you, being able to say, I have a professional photographer that comes in and does the best quality that you want to help show your house, it's an add-on. It makes them feel good. You know, if if you're not offering that service, I'm sure you're not telling them like, well, I'll come back in a week with my cell phone and, and knock it out in a half hour. So they're going to go, what? Um, shame. But, yeah. uh, you know, drone drone makes a difference when it, like I said, comes into the higher price point when you've got a house that has a lot of property, when it has maybe a pool in the backyard, mm-hmm. when there's a really cool locale, maybe there's a, a golf course or a large park or a waterfront. Uh, so that people can see a little bit more of what's in the surrounding area. Uh, things like 3D mapping, virtual staging, all those things come into play. Like I said, they become more important in the higher price points, but they shouldn't be ignored in in a traditional middle class or even slightly below value home because it's not it's not going to maybe impact that particular sale as much. But it's going to show the potential seller that you as an agent care, that you're willing to put in the extra work, the extra effort, the little bit extra money, lose a little bit of your commission to elevate your career and what you're doing up because you cared about their property. It's going to pay off in the long run. And the other thing about not doing it yourself with a cell phone is now you as the realtor are spending an extra hour or so taking the photos yourself and whatnot, are you that bored? You should be looking for new leads, right? That's your job is to find new leads, find new buyers, find new sellers, not taking photos and running around. So in my mind, you're not doing time management well enough for your clients or potential clients either. As a photographer, when you go to these homes to take the pictures, how many of them are absolutely in pristine condition and ready for you to come in and take the pictures without having to move furniture, boxes, animals, <laughs> replace light bulbs? Uh, very rarely any of them. <laughs> the The fact of the nature, again, it, depending on the price point of the house, I have different expectations of what I'm going to walk into. If I'm in a $100,000 to $200,000 home, I'm hoping they at least vacuumed, dusted the cobwebs, wiped the counters down, decluttered. And I still usually have to go through and go, can we please hide the cat beds? Can we make sure that any family photos that are really predominant are, are hidden or put away? 
uh, personal items, pets. Uh, hopefully you're not a smoker in this day and age, but if you are, anything that has signs that there may have been nicotine use in the house uh, can all deter a potential buyer. And I don't want them showing up in the photos. One for my own sake for using the photos for self-promotion later on, but I know that a potential buyer is going to look and go, oh, I see a dog bed. I see an ashtray. This house is going to smell. There might be stains. Uh, it just raises red flags before they even step foot in the house. And why would you do that to yourself? Uh, simple things that any homeowner can do are, like I just said, make sure the lights work. Go through the house. Turn every light on. If there's a bulb that needs replaced, go to the local hardware store. They're like a buck a piece. Just swap it out. It's going to make a difference. It makes the photos nicer when, hey, why are all these rooms well lit except for this one? Well, because they didn't have extra bulbs and they didn't want to take the time to swap it out. And I'm not there to be their maintenance guy. I'm there to take pictures of the room. Uh, other things to take care of, sweep the back patios, make sure your grass is cut. Uh, if there's any branches that are down on the exterior, uh, buy a gallon of paint. It costs 10, 15 bucks and throw fresh paint on the uh, porch if it's looking a little ratty. Inside, like I said, dust, clean the windows, make sure the blinds aren't filthy, hide the pets, hide the photos. Um, let me see here. Anything that's signs of smoking, make sure that there's not a ton of dirty dishes in the sink. Uh, clean your bathrooms. Hide stuff as much as possible. Uh, feel free to throw it in the garage or in the corner of the basement. Those are storage areas. People understand that as you're getting ready to move, not everything's going to be out of the house. Just don't have it where the main show is going to take place, whether it's for the photographer or for the showing in itself. I will say that... Um if you own a house between one hundred two hundred thousand dollars, I've I've seen plenty that they're well cared for and ready to go. And um, I will bring up to you one that you took pictures of, probably I don't know six months to a year ago, that was over three hundred thousand dollars, and it was a disaster. It was a disaster. He made the mistake of taking his shoes off and happened to step in wet carpet oh, where the no. dog had just peed. So uh, I, I will say that uh, uh, irregardless – well, that's not a word. Regardless of price point, it really depends on the seller. And you know, as a realtor, from, from our standpoint, we like to have those conversations with the seller up front about things that they should and, and, and shouldn't do, things maybe they should move or reposition – and so I've had those conversations with sellers, but I'm not there, right, helping them move them. And I'm not there to oversee to make sure it gets done. So usually when I'll talk to him, Mark, and say, okay, so you're going to be over there at this time. And, okay, so I've, I've talked to the sellers. I've prepped them on what they need to do. And there's times he showed up and I'll say, so was everything pretty much done? What, like we said, nope. <laughs> Burned out light bulbs, uh, dishes in the sink, blah blah blah, yeah. and and I know he says that he he's not there to be the maintenance guy and he's not there to move furniture around, but he does. <laughs> he tries to, he yeah. tries to make things look as good as they possibly can. Mm -hmm. So now there's times where I I know you've reached your limit with things you're going to do, and I can tell there's there's a certain point where he reaches his breaking point of. Mm -hmm. I'm not moving anything more. I'm not doing anything more. And it's usually by the time he gets to the second floor, 
he's done. It is what it is. <laughs> it is what it is at that point. <laughs> this bedroom with the clothes in the corner are going to stay there. Yeah. No, and, and I, I didn't mean to stereotype people by their price points, but I also expect that if you're listing a million-dollar home, uh, and this is something I walked into, you're going to have better than paper temporary blinds on your windows. You would hope. You would hope. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, like I said, there's that perception that perceived. And if I have that perception, future buyers are going to have the same thing. You know, again, yeah. Hey, $300,000 house. I wasn't expecting to step in cat pee. Ah, oh, shame on me for having that assumption. Shame <laughs> on you for taking your shoes off. Exactly. Well, um, oh, man. <laughs> Uh, let's talk about Tony from, from, um, where this comes into play on the lender side, Mm -hmm. having, uh, good photos Mm -hmm. with the appraiser. Yeah. You know, it's, um, we're supposed to evaluate things just based on the real estate itself. Right. I mean, none of the personal property is supposed to matter. But uh, uh, compared to 20 years ago, one difference in appraisal is that th- there's a lot of photos in, app- in appraisal these days. And it becomes really telling, um, you know, what the condition of the home is, uh, you know, based on what the photos are showing. It doesn't, it doesn't really impact us from a valuation standpoint. I, I would um, beg to differ. And yeah. let me throw a scenario at you. Mm-hmm. He comes out. He takes a bunch of pictures. Mm-hmm. The p- pictures look fantastic. Now – the house is in a bit of disarray because the sellers are now boxing things mm-hmm. up. They're moving. There's there's stuff in, in different rooms. It looks a little disheveled. The appraiser comes through. He takes pictures of all these things. Mm-hmm. The house looks kind of in upheaval and says, well, based on value, uh, blah, 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 this is what the value is because of this and these and these factors. Mm-hmm. And – and we say, well, he's he's wrong. Here here are the comparables, and here are our original pictures to support what this house actually looks like. Mm-hmm. Um, we think he's assigned a negative value to it just because of the way things are currently sitting inside the house. Um, now, obviously, he's got to he's got to agree to that. Mm-hmm. But the idea is, if we're doing a rebuttal to you, the lender, mm-hmm. we want to make that rebuttal perhaps uh, a reflection on uh, the job that he did or didn't do mm-hmm. on the appraisal that maybe you'll say well maybe there's some maybe there's some valid points here that maybe we should take another look at well you know uh, i see what you're saying and and we try to be objective and we try to carve out things that are tied to real estate versus personal property mm-hmm. but we're humans right and and you know you're going to draw conclusions based on the pictures that you that you You have granite countertops but there's crap all over it <laughs> boxes and, yeah. and and everything and, and it's in a bit of disarray right mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know how how could how could somebody not draw a conclusion about that sort of thing? I would maintain a good appraiser should be able to look past that. But uh, again, you know, it's all being looked at by humans, right? And and you know, human beings are going to draw conclusions and about what that is sort an of appraisal. Thing. An appraisal is an opinion. It's an opinion of value. Yeah, mm-hmm. you can always yeah. get a second opinion. Yeah, you know, I would tell you from a consumer standpoint, though, <laughs> a consumer standpoint, it becomes super relevant. Uh, when, and I, I see it through a different lens than than you guys do because you know, I, I'm wearing the consumer hat more so. Super relevant when there's photos that are professionally prepared versus not, and uh, sometimes the divergence has, has gotten so great uh, it's almost laughable. There's Facebook groups out there now that are dedicated to poor real estate photos, yes. and uh, you know consumers have access to that. And so again, 20 years ago, they you know a photo was a photo. They meant I don't know difference. Now they can say, well, 
this guy did a bad job. This guy did a good job. I want that guy. It's all out there now. So they can see the difference between good photos and bad photos. And it's very telling. I posted one of those, I don't know, maybe a year ago because I thought it was funny. Mm-hmm. And But also the fact that it was on the MLS is one of the exterior photos was a guy standing on the front lawn with his dog taking a crap. <laughs> <laughs> that was one of the exterior photos of the house that was in the MLS. And oh, I thought it was man. funny. And I'm like, I can't believe this guy posted it. And the responses that I received, oh, that poor dog. Poor oh, that poor puppy. <laughs> oh, embarrassing for the owner. Oh, oh, nothing about – What's that realtor thinking? Yeah. Uh, my goodness. Yeah, but yeah. the focus wasn't on the house anymore anyway. That's, that's, so that's right, too. Yeah. Even yeah. though you didn't get the comments that you were expecting, the result was the same. Nobody cared about the house. They were still focused on the dog. So mm-hmm. it was. It was a horrible picture for the use. You, you know, I, I think about uh, – and how often this happened to all of us. You watch a commercial. You're, you're impacted by the commercial. But then the commercial ends and you think, I'm not quite sure what they were selling. Yep. And same thing with the real estate photos. I mean, you're, you're marketing something for sale. Uh, the right things have to be relevant. The right things have to jump out at that viewer, right? Correct. Mm-hmm. You're not walking through a Walmart looking at houses on a shelf that you can pick up and spin around. The main tool for every realtor out there, every seller out there are the photos. Mm-hmm. That's the first impression I, I go back to. Uh, and the quality that is out there is horrible. Uh, recent statistics is something like only 15% of realtors actually use high quality photos in their listing. Wow. It's ridiculous. Um, and shame on them. But then again, 20% of the realtors out there right now have been working for less than a year. So maybe they're still learning, right? <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I guess so. <laughs> I think a lot of it goes back to what you said, John, where they assume that they have the knowledge and the wherewithal and the equipment to do it right. Uh, but I'll still maintain you, you look at somebody who takes photos that way, even if they're conscientious about it versus photos done by somebody like Mark. I, I think it's night and day. I really do. No, I, I, I agree with you. And, uh, and I know that there's – there's the companies out there mm-hmm. that offer uh, real estate photos for a set price. And one of the problems that I've always had with those type of companies that, uh, you know, these mass companies that send these photographers out there is, number one, you never know typically who the photographer is going to be. Mm-hmm. So if this person is – okay, I'm going to back up. So I was just talking with one of the realtors in my office. Mm-hmm. And they were going to meet the photographer at the house to let him in because the seller wasn't going to be home. So they just wanted to let him in to to do their thing. Now, with Mark, I trust him to go to the seller's home and I give him the lockbox so he can go in and take the photos. I'm we've also had really, insured so if anything happens. Yeah, <laughs> yep. there's the other thing too. So, um, so I, I know I can trust him when he's there and he's going to do a professional job. But they had to meet this photographer at the house. They were supposed to meet at 12. He called and said he was delayed and wouldn't be able to get there till 2.30. Oh, my gosh. So they came back to the office. Oh, you got to wait for this guy till 2.30. And then he called around 2 o'clock and said, ah, it's actually going to be 4.30. Uh, so Cable guy. Yeah. yeah so they waited for, for four hours. And, and what do we always say? Good, fast, and cheap. Yeah. You may get two, but get you'll two. never get all three. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's just a statistic with uh, with these companies is these guys, they they pay them dirt, number one, these photographers. They, they don't make enough money. And so 
anybody that's worth their salt, that's any good over time, what they do is they meet as many realtors as they can, get as many cards as they can, and as soon as they feel like they've had enough contacts, well, then they split and go out on their own okay. and try to work for these realtors individually. I mean, it makes sense. I can't fault them for it because mm-hmm. that's how they're going to make money because these these companies aren't paying them anything. and. It's reflective in their work, right? So they got to get in, get as many pictures as they can, as fast as they can, and move on to the next get job because that's one. the only way they're going to make money. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, you're 100% accurate. I worked for a couple for doing drone videos and whatnot, and I had a, a friend that used the service. He, he, and he told me about them. He said, hey, you should go shoot with these guys. You got your drone. You're working. You're doing good, but they can feed you some business. Why not? I said, all right, let's go check it out. Filled it out, happened to be one of the few guys in the surrounding area where I live that uh, had registered with them. So they were going to send me a decent amount of leads. But I found out they were charging $300 to the end client. They were paying me $50. Uh huh. <laughs> they weren't doing anything other than taking my photos and then re emailing them or putting them on their server. Uh, so it was exactly that. So when I left, because I told him, like, you're not paying me enough. I can't mm-hmm. keep doing this at this rate. It doesn't make sense for me to drive an hour out of my way, film for two hours, drive back, upload for 20 minutes for 50 bucks. It logistically doesn't make sense. So they started raising the rate to me slowly because they didn't have anybody else available. But it still never hit a point where uh, I was comfortable knowing because I wasn't supposed to know what they were end charging. But because I did mm-hmm. – uh, it was kind of a slap in the face. So what happens? So then the next guy that registers in the area, he gets a lot of the business, but it's the same thing. Like you said, uh, they don't have a, a consistent photographer base. Everybody usually leaves after enough experience uh, and the frustration. The guy that showed up late three times quite possibly was because they scheduled something and said this shouldn't take you more than an hour and a half, and it took them three hours. Uh, once you've done it, you realize some of these primus times that they give you aren't realistic. I'm going, there's no way I can shoot 20, you know, photos in this house in an hour when I have to move furniture, clean the floor, change the light. You know, I'm taking yeah. time doing other things because if I come back and go, well, here's your photos and my photos look like crap because the room was garbage, it shines bad on me as well, which is why I will spend some time or – I know that I can do some editing techniques, which opens a whole other can of worms with the ethics of how much do you Photoshop and tweak and uh, improve a photo before it's no longer an accurate representation of the room. Uh, I do very minimal editing. I try to uh, color correct to make sure if the wall's green, it looks green in the photo and that the detail's there, but I won't, you know, Photoshop out a hole in the wall if some guy punched a hole. I won't take out a thousand stickers that some kid stuck on the door of the house that the mom can't get off because those are in the house. When hey, the that sounds like through, a royal list. <laughs> when the people walk yeah. through the house for the open house, they're going to see those things and go, the door looked great in the picture. Yeah. You know, So now it becomes a trust issue. I can't trust what's in the photos. Um, some of these companies will uh, fill in holes in the grass. I'm like, okay, maybe that's not as bad, but if the yard looks like heck, then it should represent that it looks like heck in the photos. I'm sorry. Don't yeah. give me pristine, you know, luscious uh, golf greens as a lawn and it's patchy and weed filled when I get there. 
uh, have some ethics unless you're going to fix it up before somebody actually comes and shows yeah. up. There's a line in the sand with that, isn't there? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's one of the conversations that I've had with sellers um, when they when I when I talk about your services and I said, you, you know, there's there's a fine line between making the house look as best as it can without misrepresenting what it actually looks like yeah. in in person. The last thing uh, you know, I've, I've been at open houses. I've heard from other people when when people go to look at the house with their buyer agents go, and the if photographs don't represent what the home actually is, yeah. they're upset and rightfully so. And and I've been with buyers too, where we've gone into a house and said, "This is nothing." When when, when were these pictures taken? Five years ago, yeah. before the current tenant was in here and beat the hell out of all the walls mm-hmm. and scratched up the floor. No, it's 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 upsetting because you just wasted your time and your buyer's time going to this house that looks nothing like the photos. Yeah, feels like trickery, I think, to a to consumer. You know? Oh yeah, exactly. So if they're pulling a fast one on you in the pictures, what else are they hiding sure. in this house, Good right? Yeah, it's one thing to shove the sock underneath the bed for the photo. It's something else to, you know, change the carpet coloring and put up new drapes and break fix the broken windows in the photos mm. and. Yeah. Do you see it go to that extreme sometimes, John? Do you see some photos that – Yeah, uh, yeah, absolutely. Wow. Uh, and, and, and I will tell you, um, w- one of the great things about good photos too is if a seller ever tries to pull a fast one on a buyer and switch out that refrigerator mm, and take yeah. that with them and, and replace it with something else. <laughs> and, and let's be honest, if, if you don't remember exactly what the stove and the fridge – were in that, or the dishwasher were in that kitchen, or something else that they're leaving. Sometimes you forget. You you come back and it's oh well, the, it was stainless steel. This is stainless steel. Oh wait a second, no. Let me go back and look at the lit. No, this was a Samsung. This was a three thousand dollar refrigerator yeah. with mm-hmm. smart features on it. So accurate pictures that are high quality that you can actually blow up. And see things clearly. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's the mark of when you know somebody's using good photos and and um, and high quality is when you actually expand them and and you can actually zoom in without the whole image going blurry. That's a good right? Point. Yeah. yeah, yeah. The the higher resolution, the camera, the better, the sharpness, uh, some of the editing tricks. But I mean, you have some limitations based on the websites that the the pictures are going to be hosted on and the capabilities of different people's computers. But on a simple 1080 resolution, which is the standard for 90% of the computer screens out there, you should be able to blow it up at least a little bit to get a little bit more detail in an area without losing any quality for sure. Uh, different things that I always find interesting are the, the pictures that all of a sudden get squished. Like you'll notice when I take your pictures, John, I almost never take a vertical photo anymore of a house, even if I'm trying to sneak into a really tight bathroom. Because what's going to happen is I take this vertical picture, it's going to go on the MLS, and it's designed for horizontal. Most computer screens are Mm -hmm. horizontal. It's only when you're looking at your phone that we hold anything vertical. Uh, So this one picture all of a sudden looks so much tinier than everything else. I'd almost rather step back a little bit and show a little bit of the outside hall wall if I need to or a little more of the door just to make sure that the space of that small room is still encompassed. And I don't have to worry about any formatting issues later on when it's put on the MLS or a personal website. Uh, People can look at stuff on their phone 
and we're used to seeing even horizontal images on our phone, or they can then zoom it in and and slide the picture over slightly if they need to to see Mm -hmm. the pan. Uh, So for real estate photos, I almost never take vertical anymore just because it condenses it and makes it a smaller image on the websites. You're right. It's true. And you have these big white spaces on the side on each side of the photo, and it and it looks really funny. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. All right. Yeah. Well, hey, Mark. Thanks for thanks for coming by today and uh, and sharing your knowledge regarding real estate photos. I think it's really important, and I think every realtor should have a professional photographer take photos of the listings. I think it's the only way it does. What you're getting paid justice. Yeah, I think the message to the seller is, you know, ask that question. You know, how are you going to how are you going to market my home? What kind of photograph are you going to show, and and what quality? So, uh, need to call a guy like Mark to make sure it's done properly. Mark with Mark Hicks Photography. Yeah. All right. Well, hey, thank you for listening to Avoiding Real Estate Turbulence. If you'd be so kind to subscribe, review, rate, we would appreciate it. Please share with your friends, family, and coworkers that they too can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google. <laughs> Google Podcast and Spotify. We you gotta, always we have gotta switch those up. Yeah, I know. Yeah. I know. <laughs> Thank you.